and welcome to episode number 63 of the Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson and Fairway Jay to talk about all the big bets, all the big action, all the craziness going on in this ever-evolving new landscape that we have of legal sports betting spreading across the country. And that's a little tease because we will talk about it spreading just a little bit more on this very podcast. Guys, we are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we are on Google Podcasts. Please go in, subscribe, rate, review. Do all of those awesome things to help us climb up the ladder there. We really, really appreciate it. You can follow us on the Twitter machine, at the Lines US at PlayPicksUS, to keep abreast of everything that is going on here. But guys, we are a mere week and a half away. Really just kind of like a week and a couple days away from there being actual real-life football. Brett, you and I got to spend uh, the better part of a week together over this past week, and we talked certainly about how excited we were about all of that. But, man, it is really, really starting to feel like football season to me now, especially after we have a college game in the books. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we're only like a couple of days away, really, from the football season. If you're into college football, it starts Thursday. So, I mean, we're in it right now. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I guess like it's it's really, really football season to me when you got both when you have college and pros going when you can basically just write off your entire weekend every single weekend for the next, uh, you know, 14, 15 weeks or something like that. Jay, we're heading into, you know, we're heading into week four of the preseason here. I can only imagine you are like me and basically take everything off when it comes to week four, unless there's something that it just jumps off the page to you. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm still just preparing as, as you say, for the NFL regular season. And there's so much going on now with the college kickoff first full week this week, we did have a couple games over the weekend, but preseason week four has never had much of my interest. If I knew we were going to have a, a team or two or a handful of teams that may go ahead and play starters because they either weren't as sharp as they like, they thought like the Cleveland Browns in week three, or we had a team like the Raiders who played starters more in week two and then really didn't play much in week three. And Gruden wanted to potentially see them more in week four. Then, then we'd uh, identify that and obviously have to watch the line moves as those are announced. But other than that, week four is an off week for me as well. Yeah. I mean, I look at these games, I almost look at them as like a complete coin flip, nearly every single one of them, because you know, there's, going to be just a massive amount of and I you know not even really third stringers I mean we're going to be seeing fourth fifth kind of like guys on the depth chart who are literally fighting and clawing trying to hold on to a roster spot so for me you know I don't it's really hard for me to handicap really anything about any of these games whatsoever the only thing that we know for sure is all the totals are ridiculously low Brett. as we look up and down Gonna comment yeah yeah if we look up and down on uh on thursday here for this week four i mean we're talking 33s 34s and that is pretty much it there's 137 on the board as far as totals go but Everybody expecting this to be kind of a shit show with all of these, you know, (laughs) super backups playing here. And, you know, we've got a couple 32 and a half lines out there. I mean, this is uh, this is a week I prefer to just I'll take the week to better prepare for college and NFL. Yeah, don't watch this week. A a lot of bad quarterback play. It's just bad football, really. I mean, it's just not a good product. So uh, I will not be watching 
really I might watch the Bills just to see uh, who wins some of these roster spots. But other than that, I really have zero interest in what's going on. I'm ready for the NFL. Yeah, that's I'm kind of for, actually for week one. That's actually kind of been my uh, advice to a couple of people who have asked me is I'm saying like, well, if you have a team that you root for, or if you have a team that you're really interested in this year, maybe even just interested in from a betting perspective, sure. maybe, maybe you watch that game to kind of hold on to seeing who is going to make that last 53 man roster or something like that. I mean, there will be position battles that get played out this week but if you're looking for actual quality football eh, you know I think that we're probably going to be looking elsewhere probably just wait until Saturday and at least you'll get some of the top tier uh, college teams in action and you can take a look at those guys then because I mean hell at this point I think that football the quality of that football is probably going to be better than the quality of the football we get on Thursday here now As we mentioned, ever-expanding, things going on. We are watching things happen right in front of our very eyes. Now, we did have a new state, Brett, in Oregon that went live, so we do actually have a brand-new state here. And with Oregon, it's a little bit different than some of the other states that we've talked about. Yeah, Oregon is officially the 12th state in the U.S. to offer single-game sports betting as of Tuesday. Uh, The Chinook wins accepted the first wager. Uh, It was by former Dallas Cowboy Ed Tutal-Jones. Not really sure why, but kind of cool nonetheless. Um, It is is different in Oregon because they had previously offered a parlay-style betting game known as sports action from 1989 to 2005 uh, where you could actually just bet parlays um, no no single game wagering just parlays um, but now it is uh, you can bet anything really you want at uh, at this casino for now it's only a retail book mobile betting through the state lottery is expected to follow here in the coming weeks but like you said another huge step for the industry and I'm sure our buddy Dustin Gauker is uh over the moon right now knowing that he'll be able to bet on his on his mobile device here in the the coming weeks i'm sure he is as well and the other reason i think this is different because as you mentioned state-run mobile here so what you're not going to see is some of the battles for players like we have seen in a bunch of these other states and we will see in future states whenever regulation plays through here of course we've seen how this has played out in New Jersey. I mean, we are up to like a dozen sports books over there in New Jersey. We are seeing that, uh, you know, there are multiple going that are live in Pennsylvania with a couple more still to come. So there is not going to be that in Oregon. However, you're pretty much kind of pigeonholed into play. If you want to do mobile anyway, right? Like if I think right. there'll, there'll be multiple retail, but if you want to do mobile, it's pretty much just going to be through one provider. Yeah, that is uh, that is how they're doing it. And it's uh, there are are, uh, at least two more states that are going that route. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how uh, the lines are are set in Oregon compared to what we've seen so far in in some of these other states. Jay, there's been a little bit of talk and we'll talk uh, about Pennsylvania here in just a second. But I mean, I guess when we look at these type, it's not a perfect bill. It's not a perfect situation there for the betters and I know that there is a lot of you know the hashtag team sports betting or sports betting Twitter guys who you know are going to because I imagine when this gets rocking and rolling especially from a mobile aspect we're going to see some pretty wonky and pretty crazy lines here but at the end of the day I think we kind of have to look at this as something is better than nothing and hopefully that something can be improved upon 
over the course of time. I mean, it is not out of the realm of possibility that Oregon changes the law. It's not out of the realm of possibility that even the state just decides that maybe gouging their customers isn't really the best way to go. So I don't know. I I don't I'm not going to instantly poo poo all over this when everything really and truly within the state outside of Nevada. And, you know, we at least have a year under our belts over there in New Jersey. Everything is still just incredibly new. I think we we have so much criticism towards the states that don't get the legal sports betting going, especially in the you know the larger states, California, Texas, and others. So I think when you see Oregon and whether it's the legislatures pushing uh, to get this through, and the fact that they can have sports betting, it's all a positive. Now we saw a couple of the major. Uh, sportsbook operators in New Jersey have issues when they first launched just over a year ago with, you know, putting out some not as desirable lines and the big. So you're going to work through those adjustments and I guess painstaking uh, criticism if, if you go that route. But again, you know, to have it available is a real plus, I think, for the, the people in Oregon. You've got to enjoy that. And, and again, as you as they expand and grow and you have different choices, remember, I, I always say, you know, it's a free market. There's, you know, the economic system is based on supply and demand. And if you don't like and the fact that you've got it and you don't like potentially the lines and some of the things that are offered, you uh, you go to the other choices and hopefully there'll be more, not only in Oregon, but as the new states that launch. So, Brett, we have a new state that's an old state that is now an old new state again in West Virginia here. We uh, actually had mobile sports betting in West Virginia, and then it was taken away from the good, fine folks there in West Virginia. However, we are back online there in West Virginia. Yeah, the nightmare is over, we hope. The state, like you said, the state got a taste of online betting earlier this year when Bet Lucky launched its app, but then the partnership between Bet Lucky and its partnering casinos dissolved, and it was dead for five months. And now... It's back thanks to FanDuel and betters can can find the same FanDuel Sportsbook app that New Jersey and Pennsylvania betters have been using and just in time for week one college football kickoff this weekend. Uh, from what I'm hearing, a bit of a slow start there. Some people reported some geolocation issues. Uh, others couldn't find the the app online, but kinks are being ironed out. Pretty exciting for people in West Virginia who now get to enjoy one of our favorite apps for sure that's been uh, that's been introduced in the US. And one of our one of our sister, our sister site obviously Legal Sports Report is at least estimating that DraftKings is not far behind, correct? Right, yeah, that looks sounds like uh, weeks, hopefully weeks away. I know that that's been that's been reported many times before, uh, but it, it sounds like it is for real. Elver in Pennsylvania, we talked to you guys and you know, we have tried to keep you updated on how all of these contests are going and how things are you know progressing whenever it comes to the handicapping contests and it is a pretty interesting thing to follow I mean it is as sports betting it, the one of the things that came out and one of the narratives that came out whenever sports betting got legalized well you know at least is able to be legalized in other states was oh man this is going to be horrible this is going to be terrible for Nevada and Vegas and everything is going to be, you know, the nut low here and yada, yada, yada. Well, as we've seen, that has not turned out to be the case. And certainly whenever we take a look at some of these handicapping contests, it doesn't seem to be the case either. I mean, as of last night, you're looking at the super contest that went over at the Westgate that had 2,191 entries. Um, so, I mean, that is 
like 400 entries ahead of pace of where it was last year. The Circa contest has right at a thousand entries as we are right now of course we know that one has to get to 1500 entries to not overlay but i think they are sitting right about like 955 965 entries something like that for that circa contest but then we mentioned that there was a contest that was going on over in pennsylvania it was a much cheaper contest it was a lower guarantee you know whatever whenever you compare to the circa guarantee there's no guarantee on the super contest but we've seen that the the money is is definitely there Brett, we saw some stuff come through the old Twitter machine here recently, and it looks as if maybe that Sugar House, Bet Rivers, and again, we don't have confirmation on this. We're just kind of reading the tea leaves here. We're trying to read between the lines, but it looks like maybe they are not having as many as, <laughs> as many signups as they would have hoped for. I guess that's the best way for us to put it. Yeah, probably. And honestly, I I don't know what this contest is anymore. You know, we, we had Matthias Stetz from Rush Street on the podcast two weeks ago. He was great. We were all excited about this $500,000 guaranteed pick'em contest, the first of its kind outside of Nevada. Great access point for casual bettors. Right now, it looks more like supermarket sweep than a football contest. I mean, this past weekend, we saw Sugar House and Rivers running a buy one, get one promotion on this handicapping contest after customers have been buying in at the advertised price for weeks. So they're essentially devaluing the entries of people who bought into this thing early. And that includes the people who got the early bird discount. Like this is just, this is not how this is supposed to work. It's a little frustrating to see. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Cause I, I'm, a, I'm definitely, I was surprised to see that this is kind of the marketing strategy they're going with. Well, I guess, you know, and we'll certainly see what Jay thinks as well here. But I mean, look, I don't really even think it's panic mode yet. Right. I mean, like we're no. still a week, you know, we're still a week and two days away from there being actual real football. And the majority of these contests actually let you, you know, sign up all the way but like before Sunday. I don't know exactly when the deadline is for this one or, or whatever, but I'm sure they'll just if you don't pick the Thursday game, you're just dead or something. But, um, you know, for me, and it seems like the thing to do would actually instead of running like a two for one or running some sort of discount thing, it would just be advertised I would just be advertising the hell out of the fact that there's a lot of overlay. I would basically just be going to town saying like, guys, look at the value in this. This is amazing. It's $150 right now. There's, you know, X hundred thousand in, in overlay and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've seen this time and time again in the, in the DFS world. Like, you know, sometimes there's a couple times when DraftKings and FanDuel had mispriced a contest and thinking they were going to get more entries than they did. And basically all they do is start is start advertising and letting everyone know like, Oh my God, we are about to give away so much free money. You've yeah. got like, you know, this is crazy for us. This sucks for us. And actually what that does is make people go and sign up for the contest. So I don't know, Jay, for, for me, I, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out, would I be upset if I'd already bought in and then there were giving the, the two for one deal? I guess I probably would. I would at least maybe contact them and say, Hey, you know, do do I get a free entry or something now or, or what? I, I don't I don't exactly know, but it certainly seems like they they started panicking a little too early. Yeah, if, if you've already purchased, I wouldn't be too pleased, but I I definitely contact them to see what they're doing. This as I read through this, uh, Matt, 
this is similar to a stations casino that uh, contest that we had out have out in Vegas a- a- annually. Is that correct? Yeah. The five four get, get a fifth three, but that's twenty five dollars. This is one hundred fifty. They had an early bird one twenty five. Correct. Right. And so, I you know I wonder. I I like uh, Brett said. I wonder about. Are, are they getting enough entries? Is that why they're now going the two-for-one route? Because they need over 3,000 to, to meet that. But I agree in, in terms of marketing it and in promoting it. Yeah, talk about the overlay and the opportunity. And um, I, I would be surprised if they if they can't get that. But maybe maybe their price point was just for a first-time offering, maybe, maybe a little higher than they could have or should have thought through in putting that out. But like I like you, I, I agree with you. They still got some time to make all this work and and uh, make it fair as well to the people I think that registered that probably should get a two for one if I was running it that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it seems like I would just run, I would just run like some other promotions, right? If you're a local, if you're a, a local and you come in and you sign up or whatever, you get a buffet. If you're from New Jersey and you come in and you put in you know, five entries will give you a room or like, I don't know, you know, like some kind of stuff like that. Like I would just run those type of promotions as opposed to going with like just a straight up two for one right out of the gate. I mean, Brett, I don't know. Does that seem, does that seem crazy to you? Like it's just, I mean, run a local special, run like a neighboring state special, like do likes different things like that, especially when you still have like so much time before this thing actually goes live. Yeah. And I think that way you're not, you're not angering the customers who got in early and, and you know, you made, they made a big deal about getting in early at the early, but early bird price. And then they have a better deal that comes in a couple of weeks later. It, it definitely does feel panicky. I, it, everyone needs to have a fair shot at this thing. And right now it feels like the the EV in this contest is being determined by whoever gets the best coupon. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't even know what, what's going on. What we do know is that there will be value in this contest. So if you're in PA, uh, I would highly recommend getting in. Yeah, I mean, uh, we don't know exactly how many entries there have been entered into the contest or something. But, okay, I mean, again, at 150 bucks, like, I can't imagine, and, and, and them allowing you to, to enter so many multiple times, like, I can't imagine there not being a couple thousand entries in this when it's all said and done. So even if there's 200K in overlay, I mean, just chalk that up to marketing, right? I mean, like, exactly. you, I mean, like, just okay. It's two hundred k in overlay. We're gonna tout the hell out of the fact that there was all this overlay in this contest, and you know, for next year, it just you know makes people re- so aware of the contest. I don't know. I, at worst, I think you're eating like you know two hundred two hundred k, which you know for marketing for an entire football season seems pretty okay to me. But I'm just. Uh, I don't know. I, I wish they wouldn't have done that, but we'll see. We'll hopefully talk to those guys once the football season gets going and uh, and see what was going on with all of that and see if maybe they would have changed anything along the way. One of the other things coming out of Pennsylvania is the fact that, you know, Parks Casino, big casino there is live, rocking and rolling. And with their app, you go in and you take a look. And, Brett, the conversation today revolved around the VIG on some of these games. Yeah, the college football games right now are being offered at minus 114 compared to the competition in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Everybody else is at minus 110. And we we had this same discussion last year when DraftKings launched its book in New Jersey with High Vig. A lot of people were angry, but as we said back then, you know, if you if you provide the best product, the best service, are people really going to care 
what the vig is are they even going to notice really so i mean that that's that's the question i think that was kind of being brought up i know you did on on twitter today is how many people really even notice that this vig is four you know four points off from what everybody else is offering i mean my again this is just my guess right i mean i have no market research whatsoever i have not polled anyone that lives in the state of pennsylvania this is just my guess is that 80 like eight out of ten people don't really care about the juice being either 114 or 110 and you know and now is that right is that is that good i don't know necessarily that that's right or good but right jay i mean you know to me I think that there is a much bigger difference for somebody who is wagering a substantial amount of money than there is for casual bettors. And maybe Parks has just decided they're going to draw the line in the sand. I mean, listen, it's a very, very nice, big, popular casino there in Pennsylvania. And they are probably have just decided that we're going to go on brand recognition and we're going to go that we have loyal people to this brand. And they're not going to care whether we're offering 114 or whether we're offering 110. And, you know, listen, they'll either be proven right or they'll be proven wrong. But I feel like when we're talking about something like this, and especially from a casual bettors perspective, I can't see too many people saying, ah, you know what, I'm going to leave this casino that, you know, I've frequented for the last however many years of my life. I really like the people there. I like to go play the pit games there. They give me points when I do this, that and the other. I I don't know if it's going to matter to a lot of people. I agree. And yet, you know, part of I think the the beauty of what we're providing and some of our show and content and and this podcast is, you know, I think we're here to help educate betters and provide information and insight and choices. And I certainly know, Matt, that, you know, I, I'm you know, if I'm in the sports books in Las Vegas and I, I could say to a guy, you know, he bets at the Caesars property at Harrah's and I say, God, you could have gone literally 100 yards away to a William Hill outlet and bet at a better number and they don't even do it there. Right. And so the, the fact that it's offered, um, I, I think for the most bettors, it's not going to be a big issue. And yet we, as Brett alluded to, I think we saw some backlash from the Jersey operate, New Jersey operators that did did get that. Um, you know, people making recognition of the fact that they were charging too much and the big is high. So we're here to help educate and know that you hopefully have choices over time. But for the casual bettors, if you want to play the games and it's not a lot of money, yeah, you just have to know that you're laying a little bit more on the price, but you still get to enjoy the games and have a bet down. And that's, uh, I think, what most people want. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, of course, people came at me after a couple of the takes on Twitter, got called a shill a few different times. This and, 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 you know, this is not shilling. This is not whatever. I'm just saying that when you get outside of the bubble and, and you know, we kind of live inside the bubble when it comes to people who are avid bettors and bet often and actually understand the nuance of over time, what the difference in a minus 114 and a minus one in 10 can be if you are an avid better and you're betting for over the course of an entire year. I mean, $4 is $4. If you're betting 114 to win 100 as opposed to 110 and you're doing that, you know, several, several times over the course of a month or a year or whatever be, that could add up to some real significant money. But, you know, if you're looking at a guy who casually bets $20 every now and then, the difference in 114 and 110 is literally cents, you know, I mean, it's under a dollar. And so are you going to talk that guy into, as you just mentioned, Jay, like, you know, going across the, the city to a different place that's not close to his house or whatever it might be, or downloading a different app, even though, you know, the parks is his, his favorite app 
over some pennies. I don't know if you're going to get that. I got to be honest with you. And this is not shilling for a book having higher lines. I'm just saying that I think a lot of times people are going to choose convenience and brand loyalty over shopping lines. And that's just the truth. That's not shilling anything. That's just the way the world works. And so, you know, you can go out there and you can beat the drum all you want to. And you can call me a shill and you can say that I don't you know, know what I'm talking about. But in the grand scheme of things, if you think that the $20 better is going to go for, you know, to, to make 75 more cents is going to drive across town or, or download a new app and have to deposit into a new app. I think you're, I think you're crazy. Not going to happen for the most casual, but again, as they get educated and can make those decisions, that's what, that's what the options are available for. So I agree. And I, again, coming back to Las Vegas, I, I hear it all the time. I'm in sports books where they're near a poker room and people, they don't care if it's convenient, if it's convenient and it's there, they'll make the bet. And if they're paying slightly more, that's the way it is. Yeah, Brad, I mean, like in even, even you, I mean, you know, it took you in the DFS world to come around, you know, to to understanding the rake and, and things like that. I mean, because at the beginning it was it was literally like, oh, man, this, you know, site X, Y or Z just has the biggest guarantees. And so I'm just instantly going to play there because I can bink, uh, you know, more money there. And then you just kind of uh, as you play a whole lot more, I mean, your volume increased over the years, kind of like mine did. And so then you realize like, oh, you become a lot more rake sensitive. And in this case, you know, big sensitive or whatever it might be. And so, you know, yeah, the casual better not might not care now. Maybe he cares two years from now whenever he's moved from a $20 better to a $200 better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've also got to remember, I mean, well, like you guys said, I mean, it's about convenience, but it's about uh, being comfortable and enjoy. I mean, this isn't this is an entertainment product. I mean, people are going to play where they want to play if they if they like the DraftKings app, they like the FanDuel app. That's there's no there's nothing wrong with them playing there, even if they're being charged more juice, as long as they understand. And this is part of what you know we, we're trying to do here is as long as people understand what they're paying. Um, yeah, if they make that choice, I, I then, no then yeah, exactly. Then, then, then so be it. Right. I mean, yes, like exactly. you, you're, there are people who just like Starbucks coffee more than they like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And they could literally be next door to each other and they will go next door to Starbucks and pay a dollar fifty more than Dunkin' Donuts because they just like Starbucks better. They are brand loyal to Starbucks and they don't care about that extra dollar fifty. And so, you know, I think people just, as long as they know what they're doing and they're making the conscious decision to do that, then, you know, it is what it is. And again, this is not sneaky. I mean, one of the things that the DFS industry took a lot of heat about was that the rake wasn't isn't clearly, you know, displayed on the deal, at least when you know when you're making a bet at, at parks. I mean, it's it's listed it's right, right there, there next to the number. It says <laughs> minus 114. There's nothing hidden about it. They're not trying to sneak it under the table. It just says minus 114 right next to the number you're about to bet. So, um, you know, again, this is like you said, both of y'all made a very good point here. This is why the lines.com exists. That's why this podcast exists. That's why some of our other sites and some of the other content we do exist the videos we make to educate people and show you actually on a screen you know what what vig is and what the difference in the things are is to educate and you know whether you care about it or not is certainly up to you personal choice i have no problem with that whatsoever if you guys have been living under a rock uh you might have (laughs) not heard that andrew luck one of the premier quarterbacks in all the nfl decided to abruptly retire though if you believe some of the reports this is something that's been mulling for a couple of weeks and apparently maybe even the organization knew uh you know several days before this actually came out but 
Adam Schefter, of course, of course it was Adam Schefter, comes to the Twitter machine, lets everybody know that there is no longer going to be Andrew Luck in the NFL. Brett and I were sitting next to each other when this happened. We start scrambling. We're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> we start looking at lines. Of course, some books were quicker to react than others. Then there was a time where everything was down, and then shortly thereafter, everything popped back up. Jay, one of the most interesting things was the Colts, nine and a half win total got bumped down to six and a half. So a three game swing from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett. Now I was kind of handicapping and I think we all were. We even talked about this on this very podcast that it, that there was a very good chance Andrew Luck was going to miss some games anyway. So these books to make this giant reaction to nine and a half to six and a half, it seemed like too much to me. I got home and pounded the over on this. I don't think there's a three-game difference between Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett, especially in this division where, I, again, I've talked about it before. I think the Houston Texans are going to be a little bit down. I, I just think that there is a little bit of an overreaction here. What do you think about that number moving from 9.5 to 6.5? My initial was it, it seemed too much, and then I – I'd heard, uh, you know, former odds maker Kenny White had pointed out he he who does power ratings and certainly would understand. And I, I get things forwarded to me from other pro betters about the value of quarterbacks. And he he had uh, the rating 2.8. It was worth 2.8 wins on the downgrade. Um, one of, I know one of the places that we have on some of our sites, PointsBet, actually out of New Jersey, has. Uh, six is the total minus one twenty to the over, and so big big move. And I I um, I definitely thought it was an, an overreaction. That that of all the numbers, clearly we knew that the Super Bowl AFC odds would uh, rise considerably or drop in terms of uh, the the number. But the 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 season wins was the one that surprised me the most because the Colts. If you if you're out there reading, you know Pro Football Focus has the Colts offensive line ranked number five. I mean one of the one of the stronger units. Their defense should be uh, a, a solid and it probably improved. And so to make that big of a drop um, seems pretty large. And yet, uh, Brissett is going to I think be improved in this offense from the tough year he had in 2017 when he had just come in to the Colts at the end of preseason, didn't know the you know the playbook well and had to play. And uh, their offensive line was really a mess then. So I think they could surprise. I, I personally believe the Week One line is is another big adjustment that we saw seven all the way up to seven now, and it was briefly seven and a half in a few places. So that's another number that I think. Uh, is a pretty big move. Brett, what was the initial reaction from you? I mean, we're seeing now like sevens pop up at FanDuel. It's still six and a half at DraftKings, but it is juiced 125 to the over here because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people like me read this as a little bit of an overreaction and came in and, and started hitting that over pretty hard. I'm not going to say that I can jump in Jacoby's Jacoby Brissett's brain or anything, but I do believe that there is a psychological difference in knowing that you are now the man. I think there is a psychological difference in knowing that you are the quarterback and you are the guy getting all of the reps with the number one receivers and the number one offensive line and, and so on and so forth. So, I don't know. Again, to three three games. What did you What did you think about that? I mean, look. If this was two years ago, under different management, different system, different offensive line, a far worse defense than they have right now, I could see a three game line move. But this is this is still a good football team in my eyes with a competent backup 
sliding in. Jacoby Brissett is is one probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in football. I I was stunned to see three games. Uh, if if I had if I had access to to bet totals right now, I would certainly pound the over. Um, so I was I was that was the biggest surprise to me was that this thing actually settled at six and a half and is still at six and a half a few days later. Yeah, yeah. And in some places. Is, yeah, in some places. We have seen it move to, to seven at FanDuel, and I imagine maybe we will see before this you know, is all said and done, maybe we get a move as well uh, at some of these other books because there seems like a lot of people are thinking that maybe it was just a slight overreaction when it comes down to everything. Now, if we do look at the AFC South over at FanDuel, we have the Texans now leading the way, plus 155, Jaguars plus 240, Titans plus 300, the Colts from worst, I mean, from first to worst at now plus 460. Um, again, so Jay, let's look at this division. I mean, we've talked, I know we've talked about this division already on the pod, but we might as well bring it up again because now things, the landscape's completely changed. You got this Texans team that on paper has one of the, if not the very hardest schedules in all of the NFL. You have the Jaguars where they're just trying to, okay, we gave up on Blake Bortles. Now let's bring in Nick Foles, another retread here. I'm not 100% positive Nick Foles is a really giant upgrade from Blake Bortles. And and then you look at this Titans team where, you know, at, at the very least, at the very least, there's a media quarterback controversy going on. And, and at the very most, beneath the surface, the team actually thinks there's a quarterback controversy going on there. You know, I don't know. I mean, Colts at four and a half, a little over four and a half. It's fairly interesting. There's no question in my mind from a value standpoint right now that Indianapolis Colts are offering it in this division now. Um, I, 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 I'm, I have not placed any season win on this division or determined – well, who I think is going to win. I thought the Colts were going to be very solid and very possibly with luck, the team to, to ultimately come through in the AFC. But um, with that loss, certainly you make the adjustment. Uh, if you're going to bet it, uh, it, it's tough for me to figure. I, I think Tennessee, although um, I think uh, questions in the preseason here and, and still with quarterback with Mariota, is he going to perform at the highest level and come back better this year? They've got a nine win team from last year and they seem to be uh, with a schedule, I think a little more favorable. I personally, if I was betting on this division, I would not bet on Houston due to their schedule. And I think some things broke better for them last year, but they're still a good, their quality team. Um, so I, I pass on the division on where I think this, but right now the Colts are the odds are as far as I'm concerned off, the value that they're not the they're not the last or worst place team they should be the, the favorite they yeah. should be the favorite i think still why why are the jaguars that, that, better than the colts i like i don't understand what what's going on here right i mean like yeah exactly so you you look at this in like so the only thing that changes is the is the quarterback here i mean you could argue that from a position by position basis the colts are Every bit the exact same team or, or or superior than the Jaguars. I mean, are you going to take the Jaguars wide receivers over the Colts wide receivers? No. Are you going to say that Leonard Fournette with his injury history and things is like 
exponentially ahead of Marlon Mack where he's at right now? No. Are you going to say that this Jaguars defense that really overachieved two years ago and came back to earth last year is that much better than this Colts defense? I mean, like, I don't know, man. It, it, I agree with you. And, and certainly Jacoby Brissett, you mean Jacoby Brissett or Nick Foles? I think it's a coin flip as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why that this is, is such a vast difference between the Jags and Colts. And actually over at DraftKings, uh, you're getting the Jaguars two and a half to one for the division. Colts at, at five to one. So literally twice the odds. Perception yeah, versus reality at times, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how they, they make the adjustment thinking that the, the market's going to, maybe they overcompensate for what they think is going to come in. And I think we might be talking about this, you know, th- two, three, four weeks into the season and say, wow, see, it's, you know, they are, they are still a very quality team. And uh, there was a good value betting the Colts. Definitely. Now, I don't know about the AFC to win in total. There's still that little thing out there called the Patriots. And then certainly for the Super Bowl, I think that there are some superior teams as as well. I don't know about going that route, but uh, division, at least in a division that we had said uh, time and time again, we thought was probably the most competitive division as it was the one that was most up for grabs. Um, Yeah. Give me some Colts at five to one over on over on DraftKings. I think I feel pretty good with that now if there's any kind of takeaways from this brett what do you feel like as a better that people should should learn i mean it i think jay kind of even said it there like perception versus reality that if you're at least a little bit sharp or you're kind of of the same mindset that we are that this is being this team is being devalued much more than normal uh, i think the lesson maybe we can take away from this is just the fact that when big news breaks like this Try and look around and see if there's anything you can exploit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, th- this is a great example of that. I mean, yeah, it's Andrew Luck. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But this was a legit Super Bowl contender because of what Andrew Luck had around him, including a great coaching staff, including a, a much improved defense and offensive line that is one of the very best in the NFL. This is still a very good football team. And you can take advantage of a huge overreaction here uh, because of the big news. I mean, you're going to see a lot of casual betters pound the under on this because, well, you know, Andrew, I mean, without Andrew Luck, what is this team? Well, you've got to look around and, and, and realize there's much more to this than just Andrew Luck. And yeah, that, that, that to me is the biggest lesson uh, you can take away from all this. And, and as you mentioned, you know, two years ago, he had to get it done two years ago for this Indianapolis team. And people are going to look at those stats and say like that team was four and you know, that team was four and 11 when he was a starter and you know, this guy, well, he was sacked 52 times that year in 15 games. I mean, like he was sacked 52 freaking times. I mean, that was the most in the league. And so it was a horrible, horrible offensive line that he was trying to play behind there and and even then he wasn't just like a turnover machine he threw seven picks in 15 games I mean like it wasn't like he was you know out there just throwing it to the other team every single time he had the opportunity and as you mentioned just a much much improved team here um, pretty much all around so yeah I think I I think the takeaway here is we're a little bit higher on the (laughs) Colts than than the uh, the masses here all right Jay we are into college football season we have one marquee game under our belt we have one awesome west coast game that we get to watch while everyone else is asleep that's been under our belt already uh man this is a I'm ready to do this I actually have a little takeaway 
that I want to share just real quick and, and see what you think about it when it comes to, uh, you know, like these Hawaii games that are, you know, it was Hawaii and Arizona, if you guys are, were unaware, is super, you know, late kickoff. I'm sure a lot of the East Coast people did not watch it. It went absolutely bonkers with scoring and there was crazy, crazy statistics. There was a guy with 10 catches, and 128 yards and three touchdowns at halftime. Uh, the quarterback for Hawaii had 287 yards and four touchdowns and three picks at halftime. You know, so I guess one of the things for me, so I think this game had right at like a 74, 74 and a half total going in. When I see totals like that high in these type of games, I typically kind of don't bet pregame and get a feel for how things are going and then try to get involved in game. And so like when this when this game starts just popping off with points left and right, I think like getting involved then whenever you see that and even if you miss out on a point point and a half instead of getting it at 74 and a half you get it at 75 or 70 or, or, or 76 something like that I, I still don't feel like feel like you're getting the worst of it because you know if a game comes if you can kind of tell in one of these games like the flow of it and how it's going to play out here and so like I don't mind not you know putting money down on a 74 and a half point total pregame when I, I can kind of like see with my own two eyes how the things are going to play out. And if it's one extra point, I don't think I'm going to be losing too much equity there. Agree on those high totals. And I was pleased. I, I, I went ahead and played Hawaii. Just as the, the travel and everything I thought with Arizona was not good. And what, what Matt's referring to for the listeners that have the ability to play in-game is these totals oftentimes, you're going to see it early in the season. You're going to see many of them get bet up, even with the high totals of 70 or more. And if you can anticipate the market and get in early, great. Maybe bet it before game. But otherwise, there's nothing worse than having a really high total and, and you bet it over and then early in the game there's just like little to no scoring exactly and you your, can just your, tell. your bet is just like almost lost and you have a great opportunity then in, in game to take advantage yeah, yeah you can just tell right from the get-go that one team has decided to come out and they're just going to run the ball or whatever you know like they they totally decided to do a different game plan for whatever reason than what they've been doing and then you're sitting there you're just like god i feel so stupid that i bet a 75 point over here <laughs> and and you can just kind of feel that out as the game gets going so i prefer to kind of get involved in game with with stuff like that so anyway just a nugget that i i want to share and something that i kind of do when it comes to some of these college football games and whatnot but brett you know of course this is clemson alabama and everybody else if you go by the title odds here clemson at FanDuel plus 170 alabama plus 230 the very next closest team is georgia down at plus 1000 so again it's like it's it's like it's Clemson and Alabama and everybody else. Yeah, you can even you can even find wagers online where you can bet on Clemson and Alabama against the field. I mean that that tells you the huge discrepancy between those schools and everyone else. Really interesting though at FanDuel is the the handle being bet on the outright championship right now. Alabama, forty seven percent of all futures bets are on the Crimson Tide and only three 3.8% on Clemson. That is wild to me. And that that's in New Jersey. That's not even like in the Midwest where I would expect to see that or the, or the South. That, that, that's, that's, that's crazy to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I think <laughs> I think this also goes to just reputation here. And, and, and look, it's sure. right. It's right. And it's rightfully so here with this Bama team. Jay, I know you've started to look into this and trying to handicap some of these things here. And, you know, I've looked through the schedules 
I think there might be one loss on that Alabama schedule if it comes down to it. I mean, the SEC is just so tough week in and week out, and so there there might be a slip up somewhere along the way. But I don't see. I don't see a route to this team not making the playoffs. And once they get in the playoffs, I, you know, hard for me to say that it isn't going to be Alabama and Clemson and everybody else, because I don't know. I can't confidently say that, you know, a Michigan or an Oklahoma or, you know, whoever else might sneak up in there with them is going to be even on the same playing field as these guys. Yeah, looking at the two heavy favorites, I'd I'd agree with all of that. And, And in Brett's comment as well, I mean, Clemson is the team that, you know, has far easier road in terms of they're going to be double digits. I, I think it's a 14 or point more 14 point or greater favorite, maybe every game. And, and they're going to be difficult to not get in there, but Alabama, you know, they're still in the sec West. They still have to get through a number of uh, games. Yeah. They get LSU at home but LSU happens to be off a bye later in uh, early November, later in the season. And, you know, have to go to Mississippi state, I believe. And, and then of course the iron ball to finish. It's, it's not, it's, you know, it's just not a given. And we see this every single year. We see big upsets in college football. And so I, I while it seems like those two are prohibitive and they're certainly worthy of earning that distinction from what they've accomplished and what they have coming back. I, I, I think there's a couple other teams that still are in there. And I believe Georgia out of the East has a better, maybe even a better chance to certainly get through their, the East versus Alabama in the West. And I think Georgia, if, if you were looking for value and I'm not sure 10 to one is even value, but I think they're a very, very good team this year and worthy of, of, of being a contender uh, listed among those. And when you consider the others are around two to one or less, that's a, uh, that's where you look I think yeah I mean I guess if I was going to take a a bet on another team it would be Georgia I think that it would be the team coming out of of the SEC that would have the best chance to beat a Clemson team which I think is going to cakewalk to an undefeated record this year yeah as you mentioned Jay definitely 14 point favorites in every game and I think upwards of 22 point favorites in like seven games or something so it's pretty crazy it's going to be two and three touchdowns every single game for this Clemson team Uh, Brett to talk about those bets you were talking about Clemson and Alabama to meet in the national championship game yes plus 225 no minus 278 over at DraftKings and to win the national championship Alabama or Clemson minus 190 so you're you're laying you're laying a buck 90 on two teams versus another 114 116 teams or whatever uh pretty pretty crazy when it comes to all that but that just lets you know how dominant these teams have been not only on the field but in recruiting they keep saying that you know these guys these these teams don't rebuild they just reload and that has certainly been the case here you look a top three to four recruiting class for both of these teams nearly every year for the last five years and so it's no surprise that they are doing what they're doing when it comes down to it and uh you know Alabama I do think has a little bit of a tougher road a little bit tougher schedule there Clemson like I said I think moonwalks to an undefeated record this year so it's almost it's almost mildly tempting for the plus 225 Alabama and Clemson to meet in the national championship game but I, I can't do it. I can't do it. There's too many other th- nope. there's too many other things going on here. I don't know, man. I look, I'm a long shot guy. I love digging for value, but these two teams are so above and beyond anything else we've seen over the last three plus years. I, I like I I can't I can't do it in college football. These well, the, two teams are just 
the, but it's, it's different. And, and Jay, the other thing that I think that we can, you know, whenever we talk about this for people who aren't really into college football, I think one of the things to just point out here is more than anything, in especially in college football, is if you have depth and can can, sur- can survive a couple of injuries then you're able to that is just like one of the most important things and that's why we talk about how these t- these two teams recruit so well is the fact that you know the backup guy who's coming in for Clemson or Alabama should they have an injury to a middle linebacker or a center or one of their key safeties or a corner or something like that the guy who's filling that guy's place would be a starter on, you know, I would dare I say, you know, 95% (laughs) of every other team in the country. So it's, they can survive where some of these other teams where you would have, you know, one of these key positions in in college football, if one of those guys goes down, you know, so we've seen some of these teams just start to tank. Well, again, we haven't talked about injuries during the course of the season. We'll address those on a week-to-week, I'm sure, and see the impact on the line. But, you know, Alabama already lost, I think, their linebacker and a running back, Trey Sanders, out for the year. And I think they've got a freshman who's expected to start missing last few days with injuries. And those all need to be factored in when you're making bets that you're already going to be paying a premium in terms of the uh, national championship because of Alabama and their name and and such. And, again, it is a grinding gruel coming through through the SEC, and it's always been remarkable to me to see Alabama just at the dominant time in in the history of college football to see them doing what they're doing. But some injuries, especially when you're playing that kind of number, two to one to win it all, is not probably not the wise choice to do. And um, we'll get to maybe some of the Heisman talk as well, because obviously the two quarterbacks of those two teams are are the favorites as well. Yeah, I mean, so let's let's go ahead and get right into it here. I mean, Heisman Trophy race. We're looking at the, the two favorites are no, not a shocker. The two quarterbacks for these two teams, Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagliovi, Tua Tagvialoa is uh, Lawrence at plus 200, Tua at plus 280 here. If you want Lawrence over at DraftKings, you are getting even less money, plus 188 over there for Tua. You are getting plus 250. So if you want to bet Heisman, head over to FanDuel. That is for sure. I understand this completely because, I mean, again, Trevor Lawrence is one of like a generation. Like when Tua did what Tua did, everybody's like, oh, my God, Tua is this is the most amazing prospect we've seen. It's funny. We spend so much time on Andrew Luck, like since Andrew Luck. And then Trevor comes, Trevor Lawrence comes along and everyone's like, oh, wow. No, this is actually the most amazing guy we've seen come along in college football since Andrew Luck. When we talk about prospects here. Now, there is the injury factor, Brett. You're a long shot guy. There's always an injury factor. Now, the odds of both guys getting hurt is probably pretty slim, but there is the injury factor here, which, again, would just eliminate either guy if they were not able to play in a couple of games or something like that. So is there anybody further down the list that you at least are keeping an eye on a little bit? I like Jake Fromm a lot. I think, you know, as much as I love Lawrence and and Tua, I think Jake Fromm's right in there right underneath them that that second tier of quarterbacks he's a phenomenal quarterback so i mean if, if you do like georgia uh i i think from is worth the look and like you said the it, what separates this from betting the the team futures is that you have the injury factor like a big injury on, on a clemson or alabama it's just it's next man up the next five-star guy comes in and there's really not that big a difference here if trevor lawrence gets hurt he's out two three games he's probably he's not gonna win the heisman so right 
that's the big thing. I think, you know, Heisman, you can definitely, you know, search for some value lower down the list, but I, w- I wouldn't go too far. I mean, it's, I think it's going to come from one of three teams. So, Jay, I mean, this is one of those things, too, where I guess if you really wanted to, you could almost make a correlation bet here if you're a guy that likes to do these type of future bets because if you look at the path to success, right, I mean, if, if Jake Fromm is a guy that you like to win the Heisman, then you might as well bet Georgia to either win the SEC or make the playoffs or win the national championship or something like that because the only way from is going to win the Heisman is if Georgia is is in the mix. So you kind of can almost make correlation bets between Georgia and from. Yeah, and when they're coming from the dominant programs and the dominant teams, the, certainly the chances are higher as you start to narrow your choices and I, I don't only think Fromm is a consideration, but I actually I think DeAndre Swift, the running back, may be even a better choice at slightly longer odds. We haven't seen a running back win it since 2015, I believe, and then there were a couple of 2009, I guess, uh, Ingram going all the way back, uh, Alabama running back, um, had won it. But um, if I'm looking at the two favorites, I, I think Lawrence is the choice because he's going to be the favorite to win it if they're winning every week, which it seems they're right. going to. And and uh, Tua, you know, I thought he got a shaft a little bit last year. He was just a dominant performer until that SEC championship game. And boy, he got passed, you know, really because of that, I think. And and I don't think there's as much value at all. No value, I think, with him because his team is going to be good. But I think there's still a few questions in comparison to Lawrence because Lawrence is going to be winning and they're going to be winning big and he's going to be putting up big numbers. So he's going to be tough to beat, I think, Lawrence in this uh, Heisman race. But um, if George, the one team that's going to have, you know, a really excellent chance to uh, make waves throughout the season is Georgia. And you've got two capable players and Swift. My only concern would be, you know, they've got a couple outstanding backs. And I think Swift's going to be the, the, the go-to guy, but I think they got cook and a couple, you know, they got some real quality players there and Swift great offensive is, line. And, and Fromm's going to, I'm sure have a good, good, good solid season as well. Swift is tremendous. That He's kid awesome. is unbelievable but i i don't i just don't see him winning if, if georgia gets there i think from pulls a lot of the votes away from swift one of the interesting things i guess whenever we look at the just by handle over at FanDuel, tua is getting the most handle 17.45 percent there but next i mean brad i think these are the people who want to lay a little bit less to win more and Jake Fromm comes in 13.63%, Jalen Hurts 8%, Shea Patterson 7.8%, and then, uh, you know, everybody else after that is a little bit lower. But um, no love I, for Clemson. It's, uh, I was about to say, pretty interesting there, at least at FanDuel, that Trevor Lawrence doesn't find himself as one of the very top dogs there. I guess it's one of the things where you, people are looking at this and be like, ah, man, you know, it's it's plus 200. You know, I, I don't know. Is it worth me even is it worth me locking up my money, you know, for that long for for plus 200? And listen, I understand if you're a casual better, I think the answer is probably no. You know, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of East Coast fans over there, too, who might hate Clemson. I'm not really sure. Maybe Boston College fans in New Jersey. I, I, I don't really know. But I, yeah. That is that's probably the most surprising thing to me is that just nobody nobody is betting on Clemson for seemingly anything in that market. So uh, might might be able to get some value uh, on, on some Clemson tickets. And Jay, you had some notes about just the some week one college lines. Yeah, as I kept looking at the the numbers that have evolved over the course of the summer. You know, most of these sports books, including FanDuel, had lines. Um, 
out Jan- right around the first of June, and in fact, going to one of the last games of Week One, FanDuel opened up Oklahoma seventeen. They're all the way up to twenty three and a half. <laughs> so some pretty big moves, and you're seeing double digit, uh, you know, at least ten games where where there's been a move of at least three points or more. No surprise that most of those are on the top teams. Some of the big name teams that would include Alabama and Clemson have seen those lines move up. It's kind of, again, back to week one is a little unique because the lines are out so long and far in advance. And you just want to anticipate if you're wanting to bet those favorites early, I think, um, knowing that they're going to rise up and uh, knowing that in this case, I think eight of the top 10 moves have been on the favorites versus the underdog. Only I think Houston is one of the games that's taking underdog money from the big favorites when they play Oklahoma in the opener. But otherwise, we're seeing the top teams, the big name teams taking a lot of the betting action. Is this one of those spots where you just blindly bet the other side of where the steam is coming in? I mean, those those are pretty as big as the lines are. Those are pretty significant moves. I, know, I, I don't think there's any question. I'll comment one thing about an example of the Clemson game is you've got this line up into the low 30s now. And um, keep in mind, they, they play, I think, they play Texas A&M in week two, and that's their toughest game probably on the schedule. And so when you start looking at that, a lot of pro bettors will say, I'm going to lay it with Clemson in the first half, maybe even 21, mm-hmm. and then know that they are, you know, if they're way out in front, yeah, they want to, you know, run up the score maybe for uh, as the season progresses progresses and hold their spot among those that are going to get into the playoff for style points. But the reality is their biggest game is right there, I think, coming week two, and they may rest more starters. And that's another point in common, I think, when you're betting in-game to recognize as well. Absolutely. Brett, it's shameless plug time here. We are heading into football season, and the stuff that we can find at the lines and play picks As we did last year, we are going to have tons of written content that gives you some thoughts on the NFL and college football season. We'll have videos to accompany a lot of those articles as well, well, breaking down Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football, all these island games, which we know you guys are going to be very interested in and wanting to bet. So um, is there anything I'm missing that's coming to, to the lines and play picks here? Yeah, I mean, podcasts, videos galore. We've got power rankings every week. We've got, I mean, obviously the the odds coming out every week. Uh, futures, Heisman analysis every week. I mean, it's going to be nonstop football for the next, what, five months? I can't wait. You're going to be able to find everything you possibly need at the lines and play picks. And uh, I'm excited to get going, man. I'm, I'm pumped. We're, we're, we're right in the thick of it. And uh, I know. It's like I'm, we've, I'm we've, ready. we've been talking – you know, we t- obviously we talked baseball and we talked basketball and we, you know, the, we didn't take breaks and really uh, too often from the pod. But it does feel like it was co- almost the off season. So this is this does feel like we're entering kind of like the real season of, of, of the content stuff here. Yes. I, I, I Yeah. I'm very excited. And uh, we we will be entering which contest? Circa? We're entering Circa, yes, right? Yes, we'll be entering oh, the Circa yeah. contest, and we'll talk about that as well, kind of how we come to, you know, and again, these are not live bankroll contests, and so, you know, so a lot of times you're going to get stale lines, and you just have to make decisions based off of stale lines and things. I think we will get to a point here in the near future where somebody actually runs a live bankroll contest, which can actually really, truly 
kind of crown who is one of the better handicappers and how handicappers go about things. Because as you know, yeah. as Jay just mentioned as well, I mean, everything's moved so much to end game. I have an end game strategy. Jay's got an end game strategy. Um, looking at different things, of course, like you can't tease games in 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 these contests and whatnot. Where you know, I'm a big teaser player for the NFL as well. So I, I don't know. There, but it, it's fun to get in. It's fun to kind of mix it up. And you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and uh, and bink a million dollars in this thing. Yeah, so we'll be doing a podcast every single week uh, talking about our, our plays for that and, and certainly uh, covering how the lines have moved even since the those the you know the this the opening lines have come out. So um, yeah, very excited. I think we'll we'll start pumping out that content next week ahead of uh, week one. Jay, advanced lines advanced lines too, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely keep an eye on Jay's Look Ahead Lines article, one of our more popular ones every single week. Uh, Extremely helpful uh, when you consider overreaction and recency bias, things that you have to consider uh, when you're, you're, you're betting some of these some of these lines all right jay yeah, we'll get that for FanDuel this week i think it's going to be a good addition to keep you grounded in where the lines would have been the week before and and, and looking at your bets for the week absolutely i'm going to hold your feet to the fire right here jay before we get out of here the marquee game of the week is auburn and oregon which way are you going oregon taking the points Take it on the money line as well. All righty. <laughs> there we have it already black, black. out there. There we go. If you want the points, go to DraftKings. Oregon's three and a half at FanDuel. They are four over at DraftKings. So uh, go get it over there. You're going to get that extra half a point. Help you help. Maybe help you push if you, you know, if it comes down to it. But uh, very interesting. Can't wait for that game as well. So, guys, as you mentioned, we are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Please go in, subscribe, rate, and review. It will help us climb the charts. It will help more people find this podcast, and you will keep us employed. We are on the Twitter machine, at the Lions US at PlayPicksUS. You can find us on individually on the Twitter machine as well, at FairwayJ, at, at Brett Colson, at Matt Brown M2. So be sure and follow us on those as well. For Jay. For Brett, I'm Matt. See you guys next week.